Greetings and welcome to Bird on a Wire, a new podcast series presented by the Recombobulation Area and hosted by Lou Ann Bird, featuring conversations on hope, civility, and action. Thank you for joining us. My name is Dan Schaefer, and I am the founder of the Recombobulation Area and the producer of this podcast series. For episode four of the Bird on a Wire podcast series, Lou Ann Bird is joined by Sarah Godlewski. You might know Sarah from her time serving as the state treasurer, her run for U.S. Senate, or her work helping elect women in the Wisconsin State Legislature. One of those women that Godlewski supported was indeed Lou Ann Bird. So these two had a lot to talk about on this episode. Godlewski also discussed the Rally for Your Rights tour that has been happening all over the state. The final two events for that tour are this weekend in Milwaukee on Saturday, April 1st, and in Madison on Sunday, April 2nd. She will be speaking at both events. The lead sponsor for the Bird on a Wire podcast series is Civic Media, the fastest-growing hometown radio network in Wisconsin, broadcasting local news, talk, sports, music, and sensible commentary throughout the state. Visit civicmedia.us to find your local station and tune in to your community. Civic Media, hometown radio refreshed. Supporting sponsors for this series include Marianne Lubar and Marlene Ott. So, without further ado, here's Luann Bird. Well, hello again. It's Luann Bird here, and I'm here with my good friend, Sarah Godlewski. She is my guest today on our Bird on the Wire podcast. So welcome, Sarah. I'm so happy that you could join us today. Hello, Luann. Well, it's so great to be here. Um, And I'm just uh, excited to be, what, am I number three? Am I the third podcast guest? Four. 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 Wow. We just number two yesterday. So uh, our listeners, if you Google Bird on a Wire, Luann Bird, or um, Google Dan Schaefer, you can find us out there. You do not have to pay to listen. These are podcasts. So uh, welcome. Welcome to our listeners as well. We appreciate your tuning in. Uh, the theme for these podcasts is hope, civility, and action. And one person I met along the campaign trail really demonstrates that. And that is Sarah Godlewski. So Sarah, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, Sarah actually endorsed my campaign. We both ran tough races and Sarah unfortunately didn't make it to the finish line. Neither did I, but we both know how to turn those losses maybe into action and using the political power we both developed. So tell us about what you've done. Yeah. And, you know, when I always think about something my dad always said to me as a kid, he said, you know, Sarah, failure is never fatal and success is never final. And I think that those words, you know, really ring true um, for me and honestly, my entire life. And I think as we reflect on um, the U.S. Senate campaign and for me, it I ran because I really wanted to make sure that we were fighting for what I believe are kind of afterthoughts in the political system, whether it is like reproductive freedom, because something that was really important and frustrating for me is we had 50 years to make Roe the law of the land, but we never prioritized it, right? Or childcare or paid family leave. And so uh, when that kind of didn't work out potentially for an elected role, I'm like, oh, wait, 
<clears throat> what can we do to still make sure we have women's voices and women who are at the table fighting for these things, um, fighting for our rights and uh, focused my work then from what was previously a campaign into a political action committee now called Women Win Wisconsin. And our first big kind of effort was women save the veto because we're six seats away from losing the governor's veto this fall. And Luann was part of that cohort, um, which was a really great way to engage on the local level and support a cadre of really impressive women. And I got that phone call from Sarah and I was so impressed with the amount of support I felt as a woman in a race, because you're right, we have to put it on the agenda. It, it does fall into a, the back seat all the time and it shouldn't. It is very yeah. important that we, we fight for those very issues you're talking about and that we learn what little thing we can do to create that change. So your PAC was very supportive and uh, you did a lot of work for us women. You wanna talk about that, all the things you did? Yeah, I mean, so there were six women in total, all in really competitive districts. And so we did everything from travel the state. So, of course, going to these districts, um, helping whether it was knock on doors or kick off canvases or throw fundraisers, but really try to be boots on the ground um, in addition to raising funds and helping with any sort of communications. Um, you know, something that was really important in our work was making sure that voters knew that these were all women who were big on reproductive rights. Now that this was a part of a post Dobbs world. Um, and so we did a lot of outreach for these candidates around reproductive freedom. Um, but I, I think by far, Luann, the best part of it was just my conversation. So, you know, when we would check in to see how things are going or what we can do, because something that I, I think from my experience running for office is that, well, you get to interact with a lot of people and that's awesome. It's also this unique kind of loneliness because doing this by yourself, um, it, I think it's just important to kind of create a support system. And so checking in and calling these candidates um, was was definitely one of the highlights and just getting to know them. Oh, those, those phone calls made a huge difference. In fact, spinning forward to just now, I just was on the phone with some school board candidates coaching them, listening to them, being there for them, telling them what I observed at their forum last night. And just, I, I guess I learned that from you, Sarah. I didn't even think where it came from, but you're right, those phone calls. And I'll never forget, you were always like, now now what are you working on, Lou? Because I always had some unusual things that I was doing <laughs> in my campaign, right? <laughs> it got a little, go ahead. I think, Lynn, that's like one of the best one of your, you have many incredible characteristics, but that is by far one of your, one of the many shining, bright and shiny lights is that after your campaign, you immediately called me. Um, and I hadn't even gone through my list of people I was calling, whether they had won or lost to just kind of talk to them and check in. And before I even got to Luann, she's calling me saying, okay, how can I help? What can I do next? I'm so fired up. And um, a lot of people, I think, would have just been like, I'm done with the political system. This is just isn't my shtick. And for you, it was almost like this next wave of energy um, and never giving up. And I think the term so she persisted uh, could be like, you know, 
all in the background next to bird on a wire, Luann, because I think that's a, a, a key mantra for you. Well, you as well. I mean, we both just rolled in and said, okay, now, now what next? Right. For me, it wasn't about just an election. It is about changing the political system. It is about getting our rights back. It is about we're going in the wrong direction and democracy is clearly a threat. And then my phone call with uh, Sarah was about, okay, now we're only two seats away. So are you running again, Lou? Are you running again? And what, yeah. you know, and she says, I'll call you in January. And we're going to talk. And we have really, we are talking about that for the future. But for right now, though, we are both very busy out there talking to people. I do want to share a couple, one story that I remember Sarah going, you did that? And that was the police. Yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yes. You need to share that story. I mean, okay. I think that shows at the heart of when you talk about civility, it's not just rhetoric, Luann, for you. It's actual how you operate. Um, and I think that is so important that, uh, you know, actions speak louder than words. And while themes are critical, you uh, you have a lot, lot of actions and kind of proof behind those words. And I think this police story is another example of um, of that. So, okay, I'll, I'll stop so listeners can actually no, hear. No. You're, you, you know, we're doing this podcast so other people can learn this. And that's why, yeah. why we're sharing these stories. So during you... During that campaign, of course, the um, Republicans were painting us as being anti-police, and they accused me of um, not supporting the police, defunding the police. I think that was it. And when I got that flyer in the mail, I didn't think about how that affected me. I thought about how that affected the police department. And one thing I keep saying is uh, civility isn't passive, and looking for the right place to take on these challenges, I wasn't going to sit back and let those people believe let the police believe that I didn't support them. So I went to all of the police chiefs in my district and I met with them or at least talked to them on the phone to say, hey, this isn't right. I am really sorry that they're making you a political football because of course you know that we all support the police and I wanted them to know firsthand that I supported the police. And that's how I handled that negative that came into the campaign and those come into all the campaigns. It's it's simply not true. And, and how do we change that? Well. I don't, I don't exactly know, but one conversation at a time helps. And those police chiefs were so happy to talk to me. They were so happy I took the time to listen to them and their concerns. So that's, and Sarah, you, you appreciated that. I know you did. No, I did because I think it took a lot of fortitude and gumption to just go down there. And even though maybe some of these folks might not be your, your biggest supporters to say, like, I want you to understand who I am because what this is being said about me isn't true. And I actually care about you and the work that you are doing. Mm -hmm. That's um, the message. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I want to be there to deliver it directly to you. I don't want anybody else making up messages that just aren't who I am. Um, and so I, I think that there is um, a lot of uh, just, it's just very refreshing to hear that. I think sometimes in our kind of political world, it's just, um, everything is just kind of pre-baked, it seems like. And to me, what I think is so important, and Luann, what I really appreciate about you is just authenticity, because that's what it's about. It's about being who you are and your commitment to the community and caring. I mean, that's why we want to serve. That's right. It's a we thing. You feel the same way, I bet. So tell me no. about, um, tell me about your, your, um, okay, so the election's over and you take your pack 
And what do you do? You don't take your pack and go home? No. No, no. way. She I don't. Now the election's over. Yeah. And Sarah, tell us what you're working on now. And um, I'm happy to jump in and tell you how I plan to help. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, so um, one of the things that I was really shocked about, Luann, is when you run a large campaign like for U.S. Senate, you create a pretty big infrastructure between phone numbers and emails and all those kind of things. And if you would look at that infrastructure alone, it was worth hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not almost a million, which is a lot of money. It's a big investment. Um, and so rather than just folding that and have that infrastructure go away, I transitioned my campaign into this political action committee called Women Win Wisconsin. Luann, say that three times fast. Um, Women Wisconsin. I know, I know. Women Win one. Wisconsin. That's one. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> um, and the whole kind of mission of it was just really to grow from my campaign, which is to focus on reproductive freedom and, and particularly these rights that we know that are being attacked. But for me, the key ingredient to making sure we do that is by electing people that share our values like women, because we know I like I think that if we had more women at the table, we wouldn't be still behind when it comes to things like paid family leave or affordable childcare, or again, like just access to reproductive care. Um, and so my work has focused on these kind of important issues that affect us, but also making sure we have decision makers and strong women at the table um, that can help lead in that way. So I think that's great. And I did uh, on a, so Sarah's got the whole state and her network there. I've got my little network here in the 84th because I really did build a lot of friends and I, I got 49% of the vote and I just felt like that's political power. We can do something with that. So I immediately transitioned to helping with the Supreme court race and also some local school board races because there's a an attack going on on our uh, public schools. There's culture wars that people are bringing into that very important um, that very important institution that's critical for democracy, and that is our public schools. So uh, I had I had the time now because I wasn't campaigning anymore, and I had this I have this political uh, following, so to speak, and and forty nine percent says. Half the people in this district care about what I care about. And that is going to be women's rights. And that is going to be voting rights. And that is going to be environmental rights, disability rights. You know, just go down the whole list. Family, paid family leave. There are so many issues to work on. So I'm, so I start, I'm going to get ready to go out and knock on doors again, you know, because that's my, oh, by the way, that is my superpower. I found out. I had oh, some guys yeah. that are, were, that are helping me re sort of look at a communication strategy and they went, Lou, your or first thing out of their mouths is your superpower is door knocking. And that's what you should right. be about. So I get out there and I'm thinking, first of all, I went to my doors right after I lost to a few of my key supporters and friends and fun people. And I thanked them, you know, for voting for me. That was, that was like, we kind of had to grieve it together. And, and yeah. then, um, then it was time to get back out there now for Janet. And I had to think that through, what is that like? And then my thought went, well, wait a minute, it's an easy transition because it's not about me anyway. It's about Janet. And it's about the people at the doors and bringing hope and civility and action to those doors again. And so it was just, it's just been a pleasure to get out there and, 
and again, knock on that door and say, hey, we can change things and here's how, right? Isn't that, Sarah, what you're doing on a statewide yeah. basis? We can change well, I, things. I think that's exactly it. You know, when um, when we were talking and I was talking to people around the state, we know that a few things. We got to meet people where they are. We've got to listen. We've got to engage and we've got to motivate. Like we just can't expect people to come to us to want to like, you know, we need to be there and show that we care and we're willing to fight for folks. And so um, a way in which we are kind of our big project for the spring and um, helping to make sure we get Janet on the bench has been these rallies for our rights. And, and Luann, kind of similar to you, I thought, all right, I'll, you know, we'll do one. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> and next thing you know, I end up signing ourselves up for six that um we are doing across the state in fact last weekend i was in my car for 11 hours um between the appleton and eau claire rally um but to me like this matters you know like we are creating local planning teams that are building these programs that are fun and engaging with, with music and uh speakers that are sharing how their lives have been affected whether it's post jobs or pre-row and it's just been i think really impressive. These are even like first time activists. We're seeing first time voters and Luann and I are working on the Milwaukee one, which is on April 1st at Red Arrow Park, um, starting at noon. And so, uh, join us. We've got, um, a great band and a lot of fun activities planned in addition to motivating speakers. But I think it's going to be just like the other ones have been a huge success. I'm really excited um about about this one so tell them about the location and how at the end of this we can all those that live in that area can walk right on down and what is a big action all of us can take right now that is simply to vote make sure your voice is heard make sure you get to the polls and early voting will be open by then so that's exciting sarah the way you plan these events so that it's sort of like a march on down yeah let's all go vote and let's just yeah, that's just it, Luann. Like, so at the end of this rally, it's right across from the Ziegler building. We're just going to hopefully have kind of like a drum, a drum circle that's going to then kind of lead us to the Ziegler building. And then we're going to all go vote because that is right now the most important action we can all take to stop these attacks on our rights, whether it is overturning the 1849 abortion ban to making sure that um, they're not attacking marriage equality and LGBTQ rights to water equality. I mean, these are all things that are right now going through our court system in Wisconsin, and we just can't risk or take any chances. So the Supreme Court race, just to be clear, when I go to the doors, I'm finding a lot of people don't know how that works that you know what's going on in this race well those of us that are plugged in know that there's right now a five uh, a four three uh conservative um um, majority on the supreme court and now that one conservative vote you know seats open so we can change all of those things you just mentioned by just simply getting janet elected it isn't just about getting janet elected we are so lucky to have a candidate like janet who cares, who's compassionate, who's coming right out there and saying what her values are in this race and why it's important. She's, uh, I've met her on a, and on a personal level. She's the kind of person you just feel like you can be friends with easily. 
and having her on the court is going to be uh it's going to change and say it's going to change the whole culture in in the state of Wisconsin for the better because she actually will follow the law and not a political agenda and then she also um will just uh it'll it'll it's it's one saving democracy is no small thing and if we get to the next presidential election and somebody you know wins they could challenge the whole presidential election again and they could win on that it's it's time to change all of that to my listeners it's time to change all of that and even if you're watching this after the april election we need to keep at it we need to um keep working to make sure that voting rights are protected women's rights get back to you know where they need to be and and public education stays strong there's all of these institutions that really are under attack right now and it's not going to go away no matter what happens in april i do want to mention one more thing i got invited through the sister districts to participate in a candidate training and we are meeting there's a group of i get around 25 of us around the country that were that lost in really close races but who are still dedicated and committed to yeah. to running again or or you know processing what we can do to continue to create change and it's um it, it it's it's moving me to another level of commitment because i realize it isn't just wisconsin when i hear candidates in other states saying we can't really declare uh, our candidacy because they're still redrawing the lines and, and whoever's controlling it and it's going through the courts and this is happening everywhere, not just here in Wisconsin. So it's critical that we get more people to learn that you can, you can take action, you can be civil, you can do it in a way that's very clear about what's happening, very clear about what action you can take. And whether it's cooking a meal to bring to a candidate, which people did for me, whether it's writing a postcard, whether it's making a phone call or just texting your friends to get out and vote. Uh, we all got to find ways now to to uh, get involved, get engaged. Uh, Dan Schaefer, the guy that's the you know behind all the bird on the wire stuff, he says it like this: participation is power. So thank you, Sarah, for all you're doing, <laughs> to, of course, of course, of all your participation. And I, yeah, and I think the one thing, and I just would love to emphasize to listeners is, you know, we say attack on reproductive rights, attack on water rights, attack on democracy, but what does that really look like? And so if I could, I think it's just important to take a few minutes to explain how this is actually working through the Wisconsin court system. So let's take the 1849 abortion ban. Right now, our attorney general has basically sued to say, to question the validity of this law. So there are actual laws about abortion well after 1849. So like in 1985 and in like 2000. So these are rules like you need to wait 24 hours before you can have an abortion. So one of the questions that's facing the court that will potentially face the Supreme Court is why aren't we following these rules that are in actually like the 20th century? Why are we going back to 1849, a time when literally we didn't even have sliced bread or doctors didn't wash their hands? So that's like, real legitimate case that's working its way through the Wisconsin Circuit Court. Another real legitimate case that's working its way right now through the court system is about PFAS, these forever chemicals that are poisoning our water. And should corporations be held accountable? And should corporations be responsible for cleaning up these PFAS that are poisoning our drinking water? Uh, we know Dan Kelly, it, when he was on the bench last time, he actually sided with big oil. 
So when there was a lawsuit, should a big pipeline company have to provide environmental protection insurance? Dan Kelly said no, and he sided with the big oil companies. So this is a case that is going through Wisconsin. And then I think the one that we can't talk enough about, Luann, that that you've emphasized is democracy. Because we saw in 2020 the fake electors and how Donald Trump tried to overturn the will of the people. And Dan Kelly actually was the Republican advisor on that work and was paid six figures. So this guy was willing to overturn the will of the people and was just kind of, again, he he's a partisan hack. And so I just think it's really important that we shine a light because it's not just rhetoric that we are talking about. These are real things that affect our everyday lives. And it's horrifying to know what Dan Kelly would do on the bench. Well, and he's, I would add, he's just not a political hack. He's part of that far right wing, that right wing group of people that is really undermining democracy. I also, I'm just going to take one more onto that then. Let's talk about the gerrymandered district lines, which is why we have to very much worry. How is it that um, the, the, the Republicans can come up with a map that makes it easy for them to get a super majority doesn't matter whether your vote counts. What matters is whether they can have power in the, right. in the, in the state legislature to override the governor's veto. So re- regardless of the will of the people in Wisconsin, who we want as governor, which we reelected Tony Evers, because that's what we want. Now they want to take away all of his power. I just think that is another big threat that we really need to be aware of. And so going through a Supreme Court that will not have a political bent is what we need and that will look at the law because there's no law on earth that would say it's okay to gerrymander the line. So one party has power. We really need to take a look at what the fair maps people are saying out there and how we can create change there. So you're right. Let's bring it right down to how it affects us every day. Does your vote matter? And if it does, let's get Janet elected so that we can get the lines drawn fairly. And, And maybe we can even to provide a little bit more context to listeners about why that is. So when the, the, the way that the gerrymandering or districts, they're um, drawn every 10 years. And first the governor then looks at the census data. They then decide, okay, I'm going to draw these lines based on what makes sense. And again, looking at making things like circles, like actual districts, not like letters or numbers where there's squiggly lines all over the place. And then the legislature then looks at it and takes those maps and they're supposed to come up with a compromise. Um, But when they can't come up with a compromise, then it goes to the Supreme Court. And so what was interesting in this last iteration of drawing maps was the Supreme Court did something that was absolutely unprecedented. They created this thing called least change. So rather than actually looking at how districts should be drawn based on formulas and what the census says and what like federal law outlines, The Supreme Court of Wisconsin said, no, 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 we're going to take the lines that are least changed. Well, of course, that's the Republicans because they took 63 percent of the legislature. Um, And so that's another kind of direct way is hopefully um, a change in kind of the the bench. And if we have a majority of liberal justices, they'll actually look at it from the way the census was intended rather than creating things like least change, um, which is really just a partisan trick to try to keep control. So in summary here, we could go on and on, Sarah and I, about the importance, and I really appreciate the details that you are providing here. 
um, around these issues. Uh, I hope that we have covered uh, actions. Go ahead. <laughs> I think we sure did cover a lot, Luann, within this 30-minute segment. 30 minutes, yeah. The things yeah. that you can do or that we are doing uh, as with the political power that we have, with the network that we have. And I just want to add that we're doing the things that we care about. So yeah. if, um, you know, another issue we haven't talked much about, but uh, it's another session for me, is disability rights. And I've got a whole story to tell about how I'm continuing to work on a library in my community that's not accessible. So find, what I want to say is find your passion. Find the thing that irritates you the most, that brings you down, that you find just unacceptable. And then find your little voice in that area. And, and make sure you get out there because that's what's going to give you hope. And meeting someone like Sarah, working with Sarah and continuing into the future gives me so much hope about the fact that we can change these things is, is what this podcast is all about. So thank you so much, Sarah, for, for coming on board. I, I also want to mention thanking the sponsors, which Civic Media jumped in to help make this happen. And uh, my good friends, Marianne Lubar and Marlene Ott helped to make this happen. So uh, we appreciate your listening and we will uh, hope to, to do our next podcast coming up soon. Thank you so much, Sarah. Hi, everyone. Thank you.